Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks. Today, I have a very special guest, and we're going to be talking about trauma and recovery and addiction, and we're going to be doing that with Joanna Intara. She is a lifelong healer, licensed psychotherapist, and relationship and trauma expert. She has over 36,000 hours of direct client experience. She's here to support humans just like you. To break the cycle of intergenerational addiction, abuse, and trauma so that you can live the life you desire and fulfill, I love this part, your destiny. (laughs) Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So I, so I, the first time that I read that, when you sent it over, the last, the last bit of it, it still makes me smile mm-hmm. and sort of chuckle because, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a grand, it's sort of a grand statement, isn't it? Well, I think for many of us who have experienced intergenerational trauma, abuse, violence, and addiction to, to choose the possibility of as having a destiny beyond that is a grand, it is a grand thing to hold. Yeah. yeah. And it produces joy. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, um, it, it definitely, it, it made me smile. And um, as a person in recovery, you know, I think, um, you know, for me, my, my experiences, it, it's really hard in the beginning to think that way, to think, in this grander sort of thing, like what's possible 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, because your needs are so immediate in the beginning. And, and I love it when we can introduce those sort of concepts to people to help them think in a much bigger sort of way that you're just in this place today, but there's lots of road to go, right? Yes. And, and there's this journey. And I think we're going to kind of touch on that as we talk about trauma, yes? Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So with all the buzz around trauma, what is trauma and how can it create addiction? Yeah, I think this is such a relevant, as you said, and timely topic because awareness is greatly expanding about the fact that most of us have some sort of trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, catastrophic trauma, developmental trauma, you know, there's Heinz 57 varieties. And to make it really simple, trauma is the adaptation responses, whether it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, that we take on that help us survive when we encounter something that is more overwhelming than we have the resources to deal with. 
So if we have the resources to deal with the incoming thing, whatever it is, we don't develop those trauma adaptation survival mechanisms. If we don't, then in order to preserve our sense of safety and survival, we will employ one, two, or all four of those, depending on how severe the trauma is. So, yes, that's what trauma is in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we do this um, when we teach uh, peer support certification class. We have a chapter on on trauma, and um, and it's it's education, and then it's also um, you know getting the students thinking about as a peer supporter, how are they going to encounter it? And one of the activities we do is uh, up on the easel pad, I ask them to list the different types of events that could cause trauma. And it's always interesting in classes because, you know, right off the bat, you get, you know, 10 or 12 things and we write them down and then, you know, and then there's, you know, three or four more and then it starts slowing down a little bit and then somebody will throw out because you mentioned this big T, little T. So it usually starts with the big T stuff. Mm -hmm. then, then people get into the little T and the list keeps going and going and going. And the activity is to just keep expanding their mind into what could cause trauma, right? That's the purpose of the activity. So we just keep doing the list and inevitably they fill the entire giant easel pad, you know, with all of these different types of events and addiction is always near the top it's always in that top i would say probably top five i would say it usually comes up definitely top 10. so what's the connection there with trauma and then addiction addiction yeah yeah so addiction is a way for our survival self to try and organize inside through the addiction itself, whatever is not able to be organized in any other way. It is ritualistic. We know when that next drink is coming, when that next hit is coming. Mm -hmm we know when we're going to go outside for a smoke or when the next meal, whatever the addictive substance is, we use it to organize. And actually we are attempting to regulate what is inside of us that was mm -hmm. left over mm -hmm. from overwhelming experiences that has not been processed. So if there's a really overwhelming event and we go into fight mode, and we stay in fight mode or we go into freeze mode like animals do when they're attacked in the wild or we go into fawning mode many of us go into fawning mode especially women although men can certainly do it as well the material that's underneath the trauma adaptation survival mechanism fight fight fawn freeze there's material there and very often it's not in our head <laughs> it's in our bodies it's in our systems, it's in our sensations, it's in the movements that we have that still are not super well supported in most therapies and counseling and society to, to get addressed. And so when that material sits there over time, even though 
our minds may think it is a way, like we think garbage is a way. We all really know there is no way. And that can set us up to want something from the outside to help regulate the material that's there in our bodies, in our hearts, in our nervous systems, in our sensations. And addiction is what exists in our culture as one of the primary ways to regulate, keyword regulation, regulate, organize, help, get processed, mm -hmm. even if it's not functional. So I'm pretty um, certain after seeing thousands of client hours that every time there has been an addiction, if we go to the material underneath the mind and what is in the body, we always find a pocket mm -hmm. of, of experience that hasn't been seen, heard, touched, mm -hmm. felt, mm -hmm. attended to with care, with presence, with compassion, with necessary resources so that the person learns that that material is actually able to be safely regulated and then the need for an external regulation system in the form of any addictive substance be anything um, is no longer required because the regulation is happening on the inside level yeah i <clears throat> i can relate to what what you're what you're saying um, when I when I do my recovery talk, I'll often say that um, alcohol was it was like my first medication, it, right? I didn't have any other tools. That was the tool that I had. So it's pretty effective for the short term, not for the long term, but it's pretty effective in the short term to help what was going on in my head you know, in, internally. And, and I often think about why the, why the system, and we're talking about addiction here, so the substance use treatment system doesn't get that part of it. And they still try to simply say, well, don't drink. But if you don't have any tools in the toolbox, <laughs> and that's your tool, and someone says, I'm going to take away your tool, basically, right? You're going to go to treatment. We're going to take away your tool because we're going to regulate you by making you pee in a cup to make sure you're not drinking, right? And, and you know, and this sort of like cycle, and we're not actually, why do you think that is? What's your experience with that and why we're not getting to that part? Because, because we really need to get to the place where we can heal, right? The addiction, the trauma, how do we, and so why, why are we stuck in that in that thing of like treating treating it as if alcohol is the problem and not understanding that. Fabulous question, fabulous question. So you gave a great example of what is missing with most, as I was alluding to earlier, counseling, therapies, coachings. Yeah. The idea, just don't drink is a statement that reflects wisdom in the form of insight. Don't drink smart. It's like the person who knows they shouldn't smoke four packs a day or shouldn't mm -hmm. you know, eat 5,000 calories a day or whatever it is, use porn right. or you know, overwork to make lots of money because they're addicted to that. Yep. 
it's insight and insight has literally been proven to be the weakest link to change. It sounds great in the moment. Mm -hmm. It feels good in the moment, but that person, when they go home and they say to myself, say to yourself, don't drink, don't drink. Right. There's no infrastructure inside that human being to be able to be with the human that they are. Mm -hmm. And why? Because we live in a disembodied society that values us not being in our bodies. The movie industry profits tremendously off of our watching addiction. Every there, I mean, it's it it comes down to the places where we're not enriched with right. the true resources, the true medicines, if you will, that mm -hmm. we really need. And there's a lot of people that profit from all of mm -hmm. that continuously. We just have to look at the numbers, mm -hmm. you know, of the porn industry and the gambling industry and yeah. all the industries that exist to make sure that we fly away and disappear. Right. And right. if we were to lift that veil up, and actually see what's underneath, there'll be a whole lot of humanity that has a whole lot of pain and hurt and sadness and fear. And we don't, as a as a culture, we mm -hmm. don't deal very well with that yet. Mm -hmm. You know, with a lot of things in the way people arm and, you know, fight and hate. And mm -hmm. we, we are not yet at the place where it's like, all right, people, let's all get on the same page. Let's not do right. these things anymore. And let's all take care of each other like yeah. what we can actually be. Right, right, right. I was I was thinking about you mentioned gambling and I was um so so over the weekend I, I was watching both hockey and football. And literally every commercial break now is a gambling commercial. Go, go bet, go bet at the sports book because it's legal now. And, and even the announcers are sharing the odds that you can bet on in game. And I thought to myself, man, this is getting so unhealthy. Like, <laughs> I enjoy sports for the competitiveness. Like I don't need to gamble money on it. I love to watch great athletes. Like I love to see great athletes competing against each other. And it's like, wow, we've upped this ante now where now every ad isn't a beer commercial anymore. It's a gambling commercial and go bet right now. You know, they're encouraging you. right now. You can go bet. And these are the bets and these are the lines on the bets. And I kept thinking, this is really unhealthy. I mean, it's really unhealthy that we're moving to this place and we're sort of losing the, I don't know, the, it's just a sporting event. It's entertainment. It's, you get to see great athletes, right, who spend their lives honing their craft. And it's like, wow, that's getting lost. And I always think about young people who are growing up. That's how they're going to view sporting events as a opportunity to make money to gamble sitting at home and how does that feed into their existing addiction because we already hooked them on on the beer and the drinking and the smoking and the, right it's it's disturbing it is and if we look at it as a symptom of what's underneath mm -hmm. that's not being addressed like 
in the world of therapy and counseling, we look at um, any kind of addiction like gambling or even like shopping or impulse buying. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. there's a dopamine hit that comes into the brain instantly, quickly. Mm -hmm. Same with scrolling on social media. It's the same thing. And we are biologically bypassing so many landscapes underneath, for example, with gambling, and I've had quite a few gambling clients, it's definitely an intergenerational thing. Very often underneath the gambling hit, the quick euphoric hit is undiagnosed or unseen depression, Mm -hmm. collapse inside the person when somebody is collapsed or, um, not functioning in an optimal window of Mm -hmm. not too much stress, not too little Mm -hmm. stress. If there's Mm -hmm. too little stress, we call that Mm -hmm. the the parasympathetic level Mm -hmm. in the trauma world. If it's too much, it's over that. That's a perfect setup for gambling. Mm -hmm. And depression is what's unresolved from the past. Anxiety is what's afraid of or feared about the future. So really, I think what we're looking at is that there's undiagnosed, unresolved grief, depression on some continuum for both of us in the culture. And wow, here comes this thing. I can make X amount of money. Right. Right. Sitting at home. Now now it's it's sitting at home. You don't have to go somewhere now. Now you can literally sit at home and have an app on your phone. And literally in the middle of the game, you can bet your life savings away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can someday get to the place by talking about it. That's why I think podcasts like this are so important to raise people's awareness, to get them thinking about these things. And what can we do to begin changing society's views um, about trauma, about addiction, about recovery and healing? And, and, um, and when, when things like this come up, that we have to have a counterbalance to it. Like you're not going to get rid of it, but there has to be some sort of counterbalance to this blast of here's another hit, which is what it is, right? It's getting people pumped up. It's you're just flashing this information to them over and over and over, over a two or three hour period. And eventually many people give in, right? And they don't have any other tools and they move in that direction. So what's a, what's a shift that people can do today to start resolving their trauma that's, you know, maybe lying underneath their addiction, whether it's gambling addiction, you, know, you mentioned a porn shop, shopping, you know, uh, self-harming, what's, what's the thing they can do today? I think the number one thing you can do if you're listening to this and having a curiosity or resonating with some of the things that Jim and I are connecting on here today, there's probably something inside of you that has some little, medium, large, you're the authority on your own experience of trauma. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you did something wrong or that your parents are bad people. I mean, everybody literally and has been for generations doing the absolute best, even if it seemed really messed up (laughs) 
to deal with this journey we're on called life. And it's nobody's fault. And one of the principles of healing trauma is the principle of choice. And we, unlike animals or reptiles, have a neocortex. That's our human higher functioning thinking brain. And that brain, unlike the animal or reptile brain, has the ability to say, I have a choice. Mm -hmm. When we employ that choice, as you and I are today here gathering, you know, we create new culture. There's culture that already exists around the existing traumas in our country, the world, other countries, mm -hmm. all the interpersonal relations, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to choose to create new cultures by the conversations that we're having. And I'm really here to take a stand and legitimize that it's all right if we have undigested, overwhelming experiences that render us not being able to think clearly, to not have panic attacks, to not use, to not engage in fighting, flying away, freezing, or fawning. I mean, these are addictions, you know, of, of, of pandemic <laughs> proportions. Right. And right. Right. Um, there's always a choice to create a new culture and to have these conversations. And the number one thing that I would say is let yourself receive layers of support so that you can actually have a real shot at healing None of us can do this work alone. And it is the number one, you know, um, circus act, if you mm -hmm. will, the ego to convince mm -hmm. us that we are bad, that it's all our fault, that we did it to ourselves, um, not to abdicate self-responsibility, but there's a larger view possible. And when we let ourselves receive support, whether it's from Jim or um, from the people that we trust or those who are farther ahead on the path from us or from, you know, the book or whatever it is that truly nourishes us from the very inside. That is tremendous. I would never have healed from the depths of trauma in my own lineage had it not been for transcendent mentors, mm -hmm. for all the counselors and thousands of hours that I spent unraveling all the layers of the onion mm -hmm. it still continues you know i can only provide the service and support i can in the dimensions and directions that i'm able to because of the powerful i call it spirit posse mm. that's at my back nice nice yeah so that's what i would i would answer for that all right choice yeah, for for me, it was it was counseling. You you hit on that. There was it was counseling. It was going to counseling. Uh, <clears throat> I always recommend that to people who are struggling. And uh, you know that usually there's a lot of fear. The response back is usually a lot of fear. Um, people have, you know, fears of opening up. Fears of, you know, what are we going to find? All that. And I, and I really try to encourage people. It really made a big difference in my life. And I think finding the right counselor 
and <clears throat> somebody you can connect with and um, build this relationship with, you know, who can help you along your journey. Because I don't, I don't think you can heal the trauma on your own. I don't think you can just somehow think your way through it and find the tools you need to live, you know, the life you desire and fulfill your destiny, right? Like, I yeah. mean, I think you need this guidance. You need people like you um, to be able to, to, to help you along and share the wisdom along the way. So there's not so much trial and error going on, right? Correct. Although sometimes those of us who are a little more tough-headed than others, you mm -hmm. know, we, we learn from that trial and error what works and what doesn't. And then eventually we can become the authority on the wise leadership path for ourselves. And that allows us to also be an incredible resource, you know, for others. And with the, um, with the counseling piece, I think it's really important when you're dealing with trauma to find someone who works with the body mm, because mm -hmm. trauma does mm -hmm. trauma is body based. Right. Right. I've read, I've read the body keeps score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it yeah. never forgets. And, and the ironic thing is, is that it's the place that people become most frightened of because yeah. Yeah. it holds yeah. the most power. Yeah. When we attend to the pockets of undigested experience that are just sitting in our bodies, not only do we dramatically improve our health, because lots of nervous system conditions and syndromes, digestive conditions, a mm -hmm. lot of these are completely emotion and nervous system backup mm -hmm. based. Mm -hmm. We also liberate our life force energy when we go back to those most unheard, mm -hmm. unseen, untouched pockets. Mm -hmm. When we get that life force back, it doesn't have to take thousands of years. You know, it's like uh, one of my mentors says, results don't take time, they take courage. And mm -hmm. when we have the courage to be like, okay, I'm surrendering, I'm opening up to getting help. I'm going to go into my body and there's all uh, usually a, a, a host of things inside mm -hmm. bodies and they have their own story to tell. And when we give them what they need in terms of healthy regulation, addictions drop away, people become more abundant because you are literally taking the most impoverished places inside of you and you are literally enriching them mm -hmm. with presence, support, stability, mm -hmm. um, creativity, compassion, whatever mm -hmm. it is that's truly mm -hmm. needed. And then people are free to then actually go ahead and create that that destiny that I believe is all of our birthright. You know, we did not come here to be trauma symptoms and die that way or to become um, a caricature, you know, of what we could be trapped mm -hmm. in cycles mm -hmm. of abuse or violence or trauma or addiction. We mm -hmm. came here with a unique purpose and resolving our trauma truly helps us to fulfill that and gives us all of our crayons if you will you know right. so we can create that picture that is yeah. our destiny yeah yeah joanna how how does somebody get in touch with you how do they find you the best place to reach me is 
Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A. And then my last name, I, like Indigo, and Nancy, T. Tom, A. Apple, R. Roger, A. Apple, number one. So Joanna and Tara, number one, just the number, at gmail.com. And I welcome hearing your, your thoughts, your opinions, questions about trauma. Happy to answer. Great. Right. Well, we're just about out of time. Um, any uh, final thoughts for our listeners? Don't let your mind hold you back when it comes to dealing with whatever you got going on inside. The mind will forecast its bad advice so that it can remain in control and keep it keep you as its slave. It likes to be the master. And that is a suffering condition that won't help you heal. All right. Well, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Recovery Talks podcast from Montana's Peer Network. And I also want to thank my guest, Joanna. Thank you very much for the great insight and conversation, expertise. Thank you, Jim. A pleasure and such an endlessly fascinating discussion, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's every time we keep talking and, and it's like, oh, we could go in this direction. Oh, it could go in that direction. Oh, we could go over in that direction because this is a really complex topic. And hopefully you, the listener, heard something that you like and uh, you'll continue to tune in and maybe we can convince Joanna to come back and do another podcast with us and we could sort of pick up the conversation, maybe take it take it down some other uh, avenues thank you so much for for listening thank you bye bye recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works recovery is possible recovery is possible <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible Recovery works and recovery is possible.